Forgive us our trespasses. What in the world does that mean? Well, look, in our tradition in Methodism, we've used the word trespasses in the Lord's Prayer when it comes to this concept of forgiveness. This word describes all that we need to be forgiven of. We need to be forgiven of our trespasses. I don't know about you. I mean, when was the last time when you used that word other than in the Lord's Prayer? Were you yelling at a kid to get off your lawn? Like, hey, you know, I think of a 13-year-old skateboarder on public property, and we're like, kids, you're trespassing. Get out of here. How many of you grew up in a tradition where trespass was the word that you used in the Lord's Prayer? I grew up in the Methodist tradition, so that's what we said. Uh, you may have grown up in a tradition where you would have said, forgive us our sins. Did you say that? Or some traditions say, forgive us our wrongs. All right, so it's starting to shape up a little bit. It's wrongs, sins, trespasses, right? They're, they're making sense now, right? Well, how many of you grew up in a tradition where you said the word debts? Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Okay, now, who are the heathen that are watching this right now that you said another word? Go ahead and admit it. All right, you get this concept, right? So whether you grew up saying one thing or another, you may say, well, which one is it? The answer is yes. They all inform each other, don't they? Because while you know trespasses is a word that maybe we don't really use in our everyday life, we can understand the concept of sin. We talk about that in our church, or we talk a little bit more in the common language about when we do something wrong or when someone wrongs us. You know, we're, we're with this. And unfortunately, we know a lot about debt in our world. So what do we know? Debt is something that happened. And every day, it grows. Right? Last week, we talked about give us this day our daily bread. Again, it's not about someone having what I have, but it's about God providing enough for what I need. It's not just what I need when we pray, give us this day our daily bread. Right? Not just me, it's a communal prayer. This is how we're supposed to pray. So the very first word invites people into this prayer, our Father. And did you know that in this concept of forgiveness, that when we pray to be forgiven, as you forgive others, it's not only a reminder of the corporate nature of this prayer, but that you're not the author of your life. You know, you're not the only person writing this thing called your life. Your life involves other people. We live a corporate life. We live a communal life, and we're reminded of it when we pray this prayer. And again, it all fits together. It flows together. Talking about daily bread, that's a moment, in-the-moment thing. It's a present thing. Give us this day our daily bread. It's, it's a now. Give it to us now. But what I want to talk about today, what I leave us with today, is that you can't be fully present to receive that daily bread unless you go to the past. And that's what this next line does for us. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespassed against us. That's in the past. Forgive us our debts, it's in the past. If we're gonna unpack just a couple of these words, you have to understand that in Jesus's tradition and in his worldview, this word debt, it's a powerful word, powerful thing. God has a lot to say about it and it's not always good. That's not a good thing. We know how our financial system works. Right? In the law, it talks about 
if you have to be indebted to someone and if someone has to sell themselves to you to pay off their debt, don't treat them as a slave. View them as a hired worker, right? And at this thing called the year of Jubilee, there's no more debt. Everybody's done. Clean slate, erased, ready to go. So in this concept of debt, you have to think about the idea that something happened to put you in debt and you are now a stakeholder of someone else's debt when they are indebted to you. And that's a powerful relationship. Sometimes we view it in a very conditional fashion. Not only is this an unnatural part of the prayer for us, it's also one of the most dangerous. Forgiveness doesn't come very naturally, and it's also a dangerous thing. Did we really just pray, God, we want you to forgive us by the same measure that we're willing to give forgiveness to other people. There's a lot of things that God invites me to do. He says, for the sake of the world, when people start to get too indebted to each other, what if we forgave that? What if we help people start over? Everybody. You don't hold that over people for years and years and years, this jubilee concept. Why don't you just start again and start something new and fresh and set things back up? And and a lot of things that God asks us to do, they actually work. Well, what do we do? We create our own path. We walk, we stray off the path. That's actually the Hebrew definition for the word sin, to stray off the path. But if you want to be present in this moment, you have to go back. If you want to be on this way, you must deal with the time you strayed off of it. You have to deal with the past. And that's what forgives us so that we can forgive others. You see, when we look to the past and we think about our wrong or we think about our sin or our trespasses or debts, we see that it builds and builds and builds, right? That's what debt does. This is what sin also does. It walks with you. You carry it with you. It comes with you in time and it grows. So the concept of asking for forgiveness for that which you've done wrong is going to take you back to that moment, take you back to that situation or back to that time when you did this. And in order to be present now, you got to deal with some of that stuff in the past. That's what we pray when we ask for God's forgiveness. I mean, in our English, we use the word forgiveness. Did you know that in the original language, when you translate that word to get that word forgiveness in our New Testament, it's a verb that means to send away. So we pray to God, God, we want you to forgive, to send away that stuff. When we go back, when we think about that time and we think about that wrong, the reason we have to go there is because if you want to live into the fullest of what God is going to give you today, You can't be walking around with that stuff. You have to send it away. That's why we pray. And that's what God does. God sends it away. Here's the tricky part. We ask God, as you forgive me, I need your help. I want you to forgive me in the way that I'm willing to forgive everybody else. Forgive me of my sin as I forgive those who have sinned against me, who are indebted to me, who have trespassed against me. It's the stuff that other people have done. 
I don't know about you when it comes to forgiveness, but I find that I have to keep doing it. Would it be easier just to do it and be done? Yeah. Here's the concept. I don't know about you, but forgiveness is always going to take me back. Because my brain, the way it works, is going to take me back to that moment, to that word. And you know what I have to do? I have to send it away again. Because if I want to be present, I've got to deal with that stuff. I've got to deal with the past. I have to deal with what happened. It may have happened last year. It may have happened 10 years ago, whenever. Whatever the wrong was, the good news is it could be forgiven. It could be done. But when you remember, do you need to forgive again? You may feel today that you're being killed by a thousand paper cuts, or you may be walking around with a wound that is just so deep, and you're living out of it. It's so hurtful. You need to send it away. And look, you can receive forgiveness and the assurance that God has. God sent that away. But as you're working with this thing called forgiveness with other people, you drive down that street, you say that person's name, you go into that restaurant, or you see that thing on television, whatever it might be, when it comes up for you, when your brain has that funny way of saying, oh, do you remember that? That's what we keep doing. It's a continual work of forgiveness. That's why it's so unnatural for us. Because I not only have to forgive that person for that thing, but I may have to do it again and again and again. This is why the disciples, when they were talking to Jesus, they're like, you know, I'm willing to forgive people a whole bunch. But they kind of wanted to know how much. You know, they're like, Jesus, is it like three strikes and you're out? And Jesus said, baseball hasn't been invented yet. No, he, they said, how many times? Seven times? That's a big number. That's a biblical number. That means a lot. Hey, you know, hey, what if we forgive someone seven times? And you remember the scripture. Jesus says seven times. What about 77 times or 70 times seven? I know you're doing the math right now and you're calculating it. You're getting your, ah, what is that? Da, 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 da. No, 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 no. Listen. That was Jesus' first century way of saying again and again and again. You have to keep forgiving. Why? Because in order to be truly present, to be the person that God created you to be today, to take that daily bread and in the fullness of the enough of what God is going to give you, you're going to have to deal with some of that stuff. If it comes back up again, you send it away. You forgive it. And it comes back again, you send it away. Because the world that we live in is in constant motion. So you could have someone that you need to forgive. Why do we go back? Why do we remember? It's not for shame. It's for presence. Sometimes we feel that when we think about the wrong that we've done, or about the wrong that others have done to us, we need to remember. Why? Why is my heart stirred again and again with this thing, with this person? Why must I go back and remember? Pastor, you're, you're talking about forgiveness, and all I can think about is that person or that wrong or that situation. You want, you want me to deal with that again? Yeah. You have to. But there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Right? We don't just remember to remember the bad. 
or to remember the wrong or to relive it again in our minds or to second guess ourselves. You know, oh man, I wish I could have said this to this person when they did that to me. Or if I get another shot at that person, if I would have done this instead of that, I would have responded like this. We're not about that. So what happens is when you look back at scripture and the reason forgive and forget is so difficult is because that's really not the way that God always works. God doesn't forget. God chooses not to remember. You see the difference? If I was Moses, I'd be like, come on. Did you have to put that part of the story in there? Couldn't you have written my story in a way that says, I did nothing wrong ever in my life. And I met God by a burning bush. And he calls me to go and set the Israelites free. Bada bing, bada boom. Fantastic. Why do you have to remind people that I was a murderer? Or David. David's like, thanks a lot, God. Look at all the good things I did. Come on. All the songs I wrote. You had to put that in? You had to put that piece of my story in there? Look, in order to deal with the fullness of today, you have to go back and deal with that and send it away. And for, for all of the scripture now, we will see the good and the bad of the people that God uses. The right and the wrong of all of that is before us. Why? Because we learn that it's not about shame. It's not about regret. It's about a God who forgives and gives grace and desires to take that sin, that debt, that trespass, that wrong, and weave it into a story of redemption. We are not defined by our episodic behavior. That one moment doesn't have to define you. That's why we ask for it. Not just because we need it, because we certainly do, but because it's unnatural for us to just keep doing it. That's why we pray. Jesus says this is where you're supposed to live if you want to taste and enjoy the bread that he wants to give you today, Jesus is saying, I want you to be fully here. I don't want you to be living in shame. I don't want you to be living in the past. Uh, in order to do that, here's how you're supposed to live. Here's how you pray. You ask God, you pray to God for all the things that happened yesterday. I want you to forgive me. I want you to send that stuff away. I'm going to remember it, not just for the purpose of shame, but for the purpose of redemption. I can be healed. Today can be a new day. I remember I asked for forgiveness. And guess what happens in my life? When all the people that have wronged me and have done those things to me, I now have a different state of being because I have received forgiveness that I can now give. Jesus says right now, I have something for you. But in order to get it, in order to truly taste, in order to be, in order to experience, are you willing to have a moment of danger, an unnatural, dangerous word that says, God, I'm willing to go there because I believe that you can redeem it. I'm willing to remember my wrong because you can make it right. This is the way. God, help me. Because people have hurt me and I don't want to live with that stuff. I don't want to take that hurt with me tomorrow. Help me forgive them. Help me send that away today. So maybe our prayer could be like this. Lord, I got something in my heart and life that I need for you to send away. Others have hurt me and I don't want to carry that either. 
I want to send that away. And I know that if I can remember that you have sent away my stuff as far as the east is to the west, maybe I'll be able to send it away too. This is a simple, but it's a very dangerous prayer. Let us pray. God, you are one who sends away, who forgives. Heal us, help us, give us hope. We pray that we might have a forgiving heart as well. We remember, not for shame, but for hope. Because it's part of our story. It's part of who we are. We know that if you can call a person like me, then you can do great things in our world. Help me to forgive. Help me to walk in freedom and in peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for worshiping with us today. My hope is that as we've studied Jesus' words, or what we call the Lord's Prayer, that you've been open to discover more about who Jesus is, what Jesus can mean in your life. I would encourage you that whether you've been a church member for a while or you're just kind of checking us out online, that Trinity can be the place for you to help you discover more about who Jesus is and your place in his story of love. I want to remind you that you matter to God, that Jesus loves you, Jesus died for you and he rose to give us all new life. And that means there's a tomorrow and a hope-filled future for you. I'd love to talk with you more about who Jesus is and more about how we at Trinity can support you in your spiritual journey. Please reach out to us. Check us out at trinitymullicahill.org forward slash next steps.